I know that bitch? No, I do not. You're definitely drunk, Tom. Kiss my ass. Welcome back to Tuesday Gator. We are Swiss Army Scorpion. So, fun fact. Uh, many NPCs in Port Peril are going to be sick this week. Hmm. Must be something going around. Just yeah. Tuck Tuck's just, not feeling too good either. Just keep your distance. You notice that the back of his bird throat has been uncomfortable. He's got the gizzard flu? He does. The stones. Okay, so, last week, uh, you guys passed your first test in your journey to becoming free captains in Port Peril. So, for test number two, Sadak leads you all back to the Mascador. Okay. And he lets himself aboard and goes up to the aft deck of the ship. And he brings with him two other people. A money changer and a dealer. What do and they look like? Are they humans? They're two humans. Okay. Their descriptions are 100% human. Oh. <laughs> oh my. They're the most human-looking humans you've ever seen. Human. Don't even worry about how human what's, they uh, are. What's okay. Da Vinci's drawing there? With the man? <laughs> the Vitruvian man. Yeah, the oh, yeah. <laughs> so he, uh, he takes a seat uh, with his back to the harbor, and he motions at the seat. Uh, across from the table that he brought up with him. Well, Captain, choose your champion for test number two. Who do you think is the luckiest of your crew? This is one of those, like, if I could use NPCs, Lemon would be perfect for this. But <laughs> I'll be damned if I'll be playing a card game against myself with dice. Yes. <laughs> Actually, I love the sound of that. Draw another one, bitch. <laughs> oh yeah also you did that to his character hit me hit me <laughs> <laughs> all right um no devoth looks around and uh not seeing him immediately goes hey hey where's the hood hood where are you hiding i pop out from like a little shadow <laughs> <laughs> like from behind so some people. cool <laughs> i'm not that far from you ah oh there you are hood yeah come on you're going to play a game of cards with i guess this guy if you say so captain is there like seating like can i watch or you can watch but there's not like not seating like... around like yeah we're just like on the ship with like you a to table go, like, and you can go, like hang from the riggings and like keep an eye out i guess yeah that'd be cool if anybody had any cool useful pump me uppers now would probably yeah, i'm not gonna lie to you i got a motherfucking spell called prayer i could say a prayer for you bro it gives say you a luck a bonus prayer for you <laughs> yeah, I need my own little my own little sound bite for when. Uh... Yo, Joe, you should come up and actually bless the hood. If you're gonna say a prayer, bless the hood. That sounds perverse. <laughs> I kind of have a the silence rod or the quiet rod, and I cast a moment of greatness. How long does that last? One minute per level until discharge. Sadak kind of narrows his eyes at Scram and says, uh, what do you think you're doing? I had the silent rod. Yeah, but you're still- <laughs> rod. You still yeah, had to wave your hands oh, okay, around to sure. cast the spell. I'm sorry, it's do you say that to the guy? It's not only a verbal spell. <laughs> and even if you didn't need to wave your hands around, magic is still obtuse in its effects. Like, there's like glyphs and shit going around your head. Like, it's always obvious when you're casting a spell. Spit it out. I thought this was a game of luck. I'm just granting a little bit more. <laughs> AKA cheating. 
But um, you couldn't hear me do it. <laughs> well, I'm just giving him a little look. <laughs> just a bit. Scrubs like a little bit sweaty. Like, Devoth <laughs> will actually step in here. Okay. Um, you like go up and kind of grab Scram by the back of the neck. Like, Scram, go into the officer's quarters and don't leave. <laughs> and I just kind of shove him in that direction. So Sadak waves the money changer over and he says, uh, well, each side starts with a hundred platinum pieces. So uh, whatever you got to do to to make change, a Cyril here can uh, accommodate you. So a hundred platinum pieces is a thousand gold pieces. How are you guys going to uh, make that happen? Well, I'll I'll just put it down. If the Voth just came up to the hood and said, all right, I need you to do something for me. I'm not about to turn around and be like, uh, can I have gold when I have enough to cover it? Okay. So you give the money changer a thousand gold pieces? Yep. Alright. He hands Hold you a hundred platinum pieces. Okay. After the money has been changed and both sides of the table have a hundred platinum pieces, Sadak turns to the hood and he rubs his hands together. He says, the name of the game is Bastard's Fool. Everybody in the shackles knows Bastard's Fool. It's a popular card game using a deck of cobbled t- together cards from multiple incomplete decks. It's otherwise played similarly to poker. But Sadak adds, uh, the name of the game is Bastard's Fool. Of course, we'll be playing with a special port peril rule. The winner of each hand needs to drink. Oh, tight. So here's how we're going to do this. There's an ante of five platinum pieces. Each hand, gamblers receive a starting hand and place their initial bets. So you throw in the five platinum pieces, and from there you do your, you know, I'll raise you one platinum piece, et cetera, et cetera. After that, they discard some of their hand and draw more to improve their hand and bet again. Once all bets are matched, the players reveal their cards, and the best hand wins. The goal is to get as close to 20 as possible. What? Not 21. Uh, this is probably because, to start, uh, you roll a d20. Oh, Okay. So every card you get is a different d20 roll, pretty much. Well, between bets, you can roll a d4, a d6, d8, d10, d12, or d20 to reflect drawing differing amounts of different cards. Oh. So if you roll your d20 and you get a 1, you're not going to sit... Like, I guess you can just roll a bunch of d4s over and over again. But, but you'd rather just roll another d20. Yeah. Well, actually, if you roll a d4, that's what you roll between the next set of bets. Oh. If your hand is over 20... Your score is the highest number on a single draw. Hold on, time out. Before on the- you go any further, you said that this is kind of like poker, and everything you're describing sounds like blackjack <laughs> and not poker. So can we get clarification on that? It must be like blackjack then. Yeah, I was right there with you. Dude. Okay, good, because like, I was starting to lose it for a second. I'm the one that's about to play. Like, yeah. <laughs> what really threw me is there's dice involved. When you said card game, I was like, ah, yes, a card game. And then you're like, yes, and then dice. And I was like, wait, what? Yeah. The trick is they had to build a card game that can be yes. played with dice. Right, yeah. <laughs> so if your hand is over 20, then your final score is the highest number of the last die that you rolled. The last time you rolled was a D12 and you rolled a 12. Your score is 2. Oh, it's, it's two? the last digit of, oh, the, last of digit? the die that you rolled. Yes. On a draw, no one wins, and the pot remains on the table and is added to the pot of the next hand. So wait, are you trying to tell me if I roll a d12, it's better to roll a 9 than it is a 12? 
Well, I'm saying it's probably better to roll a D10 than a D12, because on a D12, you're more likely to get a low number. Right. I mean, alternatively, like, if you go over 20, you don't automatically lose, unlike Blackjack. Right. This is just, we're trying to get as close to 20 as possible. Close 20 without going over, but if you go over, it's also not the end of the game necessarily. Oh. Like, if both players go over, then... It feels pretty bad in Blackjack to go over. Yeah. You're just like, ah, I lose. In this game... You skip that. Part. You might yeah. still have a might chance. Still, like yeah. If they go over so, more than you go over, you still win. If they go over, if they go over by more than you go over, then they still win, I guess. Right. Okay. Hold on. If both players go over, whoever is lower at that point wins because they're closer to twenty. Right. right. No, it's your final score is the last digit of whatever die you rolled that put you over. That makes. Oh. Uh, Oh, okay. Okay. Gotcha. So if both go over, it's down to whatever that last die roll is. Gotcha. Yeah. But if anyone is under 20, that person just wins. Yes. Nick, gotcha. I'm so glad well, this is you and not me. <laughs> Yo, seriously. <laughs> so here's the thing, though. What Matt just said, not technically true. If pl- if player one doesn't go over and their final score is a nine and player two goes over and their final score is a 10, then the player went over wins. Because their Wait. final score is 10. But how are they going to get a 10 on the second digit? But, but, okay, hold on, but how, why would they win if they went over? The idea is to Because be their the... final score... Oh, yeah. He did say that. But why does the... So going I thought over the object of the game is to it's get as Bob close Barker to 20. Rules. Like, basically, you're saying the 20 doesn't matter. It's whatever that final roll is. It's a lot easier to get close... It's a lot easier to have a good score and staying under 20 than it is to have a good score and be over 20. Wait, can I just add something real quick with sure. the when going over? Okay. So like if if there's two people and one dude has like a 12 and the other dude goes over, the second digit is t- 10 or less if you include 10 or 9. So 12 automatically wins. That's so, true. So if you play you should be playing safe up until a certain point and then if you go over like go, Okay. Go over. So yeah. So my score is 15. But say for some reason I go hit me and I roll a d10 and I get a nine. My final score is a nine. I went over twenty, but my final score is a nine because that's what I—that's the roll that put me over, and that's what the digit was. Okay. On the other hand, so if I rolled a d twenty and the d twenty put me over, yeah, and I rolled a twenty, my final score is zero, right? Because the last digit is a zero. If I rolled a nineteen, my final score is nine. a nine. Yes. So. Yes, if you're at 10 points or over, then you can't lose from the other person going over with a lucky roll. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah. All this is really trying to quantify is the randomness of a card game cobbled together with random cards. All right, I can tell you guys want it, so here's some more rules. At any time during each hand, a gambler can make a DC 15 bluff profession gambler or sense motive check a successful check increases their score by one plus one for every five they succeed these bonuses are likewise made into penalties for comparable failures these numbers can potentially put gamblers over or under 20 so be careful do it pcs can also make a dc 20 sleight of hand check to add four to their score and so this is at any point during your during your turn you can do this. So you can do it right up front, or you can do it at the end, or you can do it in the middle. But it's only once. That's okay. 
you can draw more cards twice. But I don't. And then you okay. gotta hit a point where you don't want to draw more cards. I know. That's why you can draw more cards twice. Oh, oh, okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. Good. Yeah. Maybe. We'll okay. See. Here's more rules. Each hand one. <laughs> Great. <laughs> I can't wait to, to learn this now and then just never you, use it yep. again. No, to play it every week from here. Like, I <laughs> can't progress in the campaign because all we want to do is gamble. <laughs> each each hand one forces the winner to drink rum. Each drink after the first is a DC 10 fort save with a plus one to the DC for each successive save after the first. So first drink, no save needed. Second drink, DC 10. And then DC 11, 12, 13, etc. Each failure adds a minus one penalty to all the PC skill checks. After consuming a number of drinks equal to one plus double the PC's con mod. uh, So if your con mod is two, after consuming five drinks... You're sickened, taking an additional minus two on skill checks and future fort saves. The sickened effect lasts for one hour for each additional drink consumed after this point. Sadak drinks as well, so there's that. Okay, I believe that's everything. So, the dealer hands you both some cards. Alright, Hood, roll 1d20. A two. Okay. Alright, Sadak looks at his cards, and he grins, and he says, uh... Okay, I'll bet a, a platinum piece on my hand. And he throws a platinum piece onto his ante of five. And I would get to roll an additional, potentially two more times, right? So like if yeah, I so say, I'll, if I put a platinum piece in, we both get to roll again, right? Yes. And I could roll a d20 on that? Yes. Perfect. I'll put a platinum piece in. Okay. And I'll roll another d20. Don't you not gonna son of a motherfucker! <laughs> Fuck! <laughs> what happened? What'd you he get? You rolled a 19. 19. Oh, that's awesome. No, it's now you not. just have to reduce it by one. With that that's thing true, that yeah. Axel said. Yeah, do your sense motive ah, to lower the score. I will do that. Now, I want to remind you, the reduction only happens on a failed sense motive check. You can't oh. decide which direction it goes. Okay, so you want as low of a sense motive as you can right now. No. Couldn't I just do a bluff then if I want it to fail? Uh, yeah. Sure. I have to kind of find a happy medium right because if i really tank it then i could lose by more than one or two the penalty goes up by one for every five by which you fail so you can only unless you've got some really serious negatives in your bluff yeah like the worst you're gonna do probably is like a minus four and that's if you manage a zero <laughs> okay so i'll i'll do bluff then because i want to fail okay. it what <laughs> oh my what? god <laughs> what what happened <laughs> oh no you guys know what my bluff is right it's a negative it's a minus one, one. And he got an 18. <laughs> I rolled a 19. He passed. A 2, a 19, and a 19. So, so that makes your total a 22. <laughs> Which means I'm going to be at a 2. Now he can keep rolling again, right? Yeah, why not? I could, but I could best I'll end up as a 9 the best, at this point. Yeah, the best score oh, you can possibly have is a 9. Yeah, if he rolls a d4, no, 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 and no. then he rolls a 1, and then... No, no, no. Oh, he, he already went over. over. Yeah, he's already over, and his last roll was a 19. Oh. <gasps> So that nine is the best he He's can do right in. now. Yeah. yeah. Gotcha. So he, uh, so Sadak, continuing to grin, says, I'll throw in another platinum piece. What do you say, hooded fellow? Now, can can Nick put in a platinum and not roll? Or if he puts in, he has to roll again. Okay. So initial D20. Boom. Right. Yeah. Initial bets. Yep. You can then roll one more time. Yep. Final bets. Reveal number. Okay. 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 All right. So, Hood, are you uh, 
are you meeting that bet or are you folding? Uh, all right. I'm, I'll match it. Uh, all right. He reveals his hand as 19. 19. Ooh. Oh. I reveal mine as a 9. Okay. Okay. Next hand. Ayo. You are correct, sir. That's your third 19 in a I row. Know. <laughs> <laughs> and I am going to. Oh, well, what? Is it my turn? Whoever wants to bet, I guess. Yeah. Fucking raise him 10. Yeah, I'll raise him 10. Ooh, he, he raises his eyebrows at you and says, ooh, I don't know. He looks at his cards. says, I think I'm going to have to fold if you're going that high. Oh, right. also, um, I don't know if this applies, but the word ante is usually used in that raises are multiples of, at minimum, the ante. Really? That's usually how it works. Hmm. So that makes sense. So you okay. have to raise at least five every time. That's fine. We can do that. Uh, all right. So... Uh, you need to drink, uh, but you don't need to make a save for Cause, that. Because it's the first round. One. I need yep. to drink once already without saving. Yep. All right, so D20s. Sadak uh, says, I'll raise you five on my hand. I fold. Yeah, I just fold that away. All right. Uh, Sadak kind of narrows his eyes at you a little bit and takes a drink. Okay, next turn. And yep. Sadak uh, <laughs> looks at Hood. Well? Would we say I have to bet five? Yeah. Yep. I fold. I guess I fold as well. He hasn't made any bets yet. Oh, I guess I wouldn't fold. I guess I would just say... Yeah, like, Nick wants to roll again, but he doesn't want to raise the bet. Oh, you check. Check. Yeah, I guess that's what you do. Yeah, I check then. I don't fold. Okay, so you can roll any die. I'm going to roll a d20. And now there's no more rolling, right? Correct. What's your final bet? I don't bet anything. I I just check. Okay, because your total right now is 16. Yep. Okay. So what happens if everybody checks? Then we just then say just who it is. Do the results, and whoever wins gets the initial ante, and that's it. Oh, okay. So yeah, I guess Sadak would also check, and he reveals his hand, and it's a seven. Ah. Yeah. So you get five. Okay. Next. Next hand. I check. Right, Sadak also checks. Yep. Sadak checks. I check as well. Okay. Sadak wins <laughs> <laughs> with a eleven, I think. Next hand. Come on. Die check. Sadak checks. All right, so what's your... Uh, do you uh, make any bets? Well, so I feel like 10 shouldn't have scared him away the first time. If I bet 10 again, is he going to look at that like that's a crazy bet? Like, Well, now that we've established that additional bets are like multiples, multiples of the, the ante, ante, a 10 is pretty tame. Okay. So so you're fine. Just do do whatever. Then I bet 15. Fuck it. No, I go all in. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> Sadak folds. <laughs> so, take a drink. Make a fort save. Wow, he just barely made it. Okay, uh, next hand. I check. <laughs> Sadak also checks. <laughs> and I'm going to bluff it this time. Bubba okay. Bluff it. God. <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. All right, Joe. So he, he, <laughs> he, rolled, he rolled a, a one, one. Uh-huh. and then he rolled a twenty uh-huh. to put so, him over. <laughs> so he's over by one. He's like, "I'll roll bluff. I'll probably go backwards." He got a fifteen, but so he goes he... up by another one. So Nick's in a twenty-two with a zero. Sadak is also going to check, and he reveals his hand, and it's a nineteen, and he drinks. His strategy is like Half it's de- it's dependent on certain factors that aren't happening right now. Huh. I'll tell you what. 
Uh, Hood, why don't you make either a perception or profession gambler check? Perception it is. 28. Ooh. After you guys have gone through... After you've gone through a little more than a half dozen hands, you realize that uh, the dealers stack in the deck. So you can say something, or you can use the knowledge that the gambler's stacking the deck to your advantage. And so Sadak was giving himself a little bonus each hand. So that would go away, and then you can subtract six from his score for one hand. All right, so next hand. I checked. I don't know what's up. who's up in the rotation. Sadak will also check. Would you roll a d20? Yep. Okay. You can try your sleight of hand to, to up that a bit. That would be that, that would give you a good hand. Mm-hmm. Alrighty. I thought I could use my sense motive, though. It's you a... can do one skill check per turn. Right, right, right. That skill check can either be bluff, sense motive, profession gambler, or sleight of hand. Yep. Sleight of hand has a different DC and mechanics from the other three. Oh. Yeah, well, like if you, it's a DC twenty sleight of hand, but it's a it's a straight four bonus. In order to get what happens a, if a I fail four, the check? What happens when you fail sleight of hand in a real card game? <laughs> I mean, not your hands get taken off. That plus four like, doesn't what really is, seem. Yeah, worth what is it. the actual mechanical penalty for this? For he's going to get caught. Okay, I'm going to sense how, motive for this because my sleight of hand's only a ten, so a fifty percent chance say, of getting I'm, busted open is not. Yeah. And the way you're rolling, that's that's a dangerous proposition yeah. right now. <laughs> so, wait a minute here. And remember, you can remove, you can subtract six from his score. I got a 14 on the sense motive. So you, you subtract one from your score. Then I'll just check. So your, to- your final score is a 13, correct? Yes. I guess. Okay. Nick, you are like rolling the weirdest numbers right now. <laughs> I know. You've got like a negative one in bluff, and you're rolling 19s. You have a plus 12 in sense motive, you're rolling a two. Nice. <laughs> this is ridiculous. All right. Uh, any bets? Nope. Just going to check. <laughs> Are you going to remove six from Sadak's hand? 13 seems yeah, like might as well. Yeah. Good. So I'll actually, yeah. I'll, yeah, I'll take six away and bet five. Okay. So Sadak matches your bet of five and reveals his cards as 15. As 15? What? No, then his is a 12. Perfect. Sorry. Okay. Even better. Okay. I, forgot, <laughs> I forgot how to math for a minute there. So you win. So you're kind of like eyeing the cards and like compensating for the stack deck and Sadak sees, uh, sees you raise five and he matches it and then like he looks at your hand, he looks at his, he's like, he like looks at the dealer, he's like, get out of here, you're bad luck, I'm taking over dealing. And he oh. takes a deck of cards from the dealer and he starts shuffling. What? So that minus six actually was a one-time thing, but <laughs> still pretty cool. I'm in the rigging and I just let out a boo, <laughs> cheater. <laughs> Trying to lower his morale. You know what I'm saying? Let him know the crowd is against him and his little antics. All right. All right, next hand. I check. Okay. So Doc also checks. I check. Uh, do your sense motive. Try and raise it. 27. Whoa! Whoa! So that's a plus three. So you're at a 17. Okay, so... That's a draw. Nice. Sorry, I forgot to ask. <laughs> to uh, to you wanted to anything. bet. Sorry. But, but it, really I guess it doesn't matter. It was yeah. going to be a draw anyway. Yeah. You were breaking even. <laughs> yes. How does this look in so like, the game, though? Who like... cares? I don't even want to try and picture that. <laughs> I'm just starting to get a grasp <laughs> on how it works on in real life. All right. Uh, so there's now... 10 platinum pieces set aside that's going to be added to the pot of this hand. All right, next hand. I will check. Wow, Nick. Wow. 
All right, Sadak will also check. Holy shit. Devoth, you picked the wrong guy <laughs> for this luck-based game. Apparently. It's just wild. All right. Oh, at least I failed the bluff check, but barely. Yeah, minus, yeah, minus not, one. But... Not by enough. No. All right, Sadak reveals his hand, and it's a uh, hardy 19. Jesus. Damn. All right, so he gets 20 for that hand. Come on, Hood. Next hand. Sadak says, uh, let's speed this up a bit. I'll pet 10 platinum. Including I call him. Win or lose, I just want to be done playing this. Uh, all right, roll your next die. And you can roll a d12. Yeah, that's what I was going to do. Okay. <laughs> just a, a reminder, because you've never needed to roll anything and then else. I'll sense motive. <laughs> okay. With a 19. So your total okay. is 17 right now. All right. Uh, Sadak adds 10 more to the pot. I call him. Okay. He now reveals his there. hand, and it's 18. Okay, so that was thir- uh, 25 total? Yeah, Nick just lost 25. Okay. Next hand. I'll bet 10. Okay. Sadak so uh, matches. Ooh, all right. Well done. Give us a sense motive. Come on. 32. Ooh. Jesus fucking Christ. That makes it a 20. Oh, nailed it. Sadak grins. And he says, uh, I'm going all in. <laughs> and he pushes his platinum pieces into the middle of the table. I call him. Okay. It's for all the platinum. He reveals his hand. Hood reveals his. Hood's got a flat 20. Sadak had an 18. Nice. Nice. Oh. Well done. I'm getting rowdy in the rigging. Smoke that fool. <laughs> yeah, little bitch. Probably shouldn't heckle him too hard. He still is the first mate of the Hurricane King. Yeah. Well, he can tell me to stop heckling. There's a reason why I didn't choose to point out him loading the deck or really complain that much when he started dealing himself. Right. <laughs> so uh, everyone's everyone's cheering on Hood, and uh, Sadak looks over at Hood. He winks, and he starts uh, scooping his platinum pieces up. He's like, it was just a friendly, friendly card game after all. What? Oh, really? I don't like that one bit. I want to <laughs> roll a sleight of hand to try and get some of the, his, that money that I earn. Hey, look over there. <laughs> I don't like Uh it. Okay. And I'm going to use my hero point with a plus eight. Oh, yes. 19. Ooh. Uh, it looks like you're able to get like 10 extra platinum pieces over his between like I'll take that doing that but yeah so he's walking away with uh 90 and with 90 platinum pieces he's like it's just a friendly game it wasn't for actual stakes he puts the last platinum piece in his in his purse and stands up and all oh, yes I'm I'm sure you would have let him keep his 100 platinum if you won <laughs> he like kind of like stands all the way up and looks down his nose at Devoth they're just like looking at each other for a few seconds Sadak's grin widens, and he says, Well, Captain, I guess if you're not paying your crew well enough and they really need the extra money, then okay. And he hands Hood the rest of the coins out of his purse. So he, he places the purse on the table in front of Hood, and he pats Hood on the shoulder. He says, I'm sure you need it more than me, buddy. Mm. Yes, yeah, so <clears> and <throat> next time, remember, you kind of have a little tell on your left pinky. He says, I'll keep that in mind. <clears throat> uh, everybody who wasn't playing cards can make a perception check. Nice. So Devoth had a 21. Tuck Tuck had a 33. Of course he did. Cheryl had a 15. And Scram, you're in the captain's cabin? Or yeah. the officer's quarters? Yeah. Kind of hanging out. 
So Devoth, Tuk Tuk, and Cheryl. Yes. During this card game, you happen to notice this large crate being carted up the the pier, but like, there's nothing special about it. So you don't put a lot of uh, thought into it. Just people uh, moving a big crate. That's yeah, probably nothing. not an out of ordinary sight on a busy mm-hmm. dock. Yeah, nothing to see here. So, uh, Sox says, "All right, well, well, you you've all done very well so far. Exceeded expectations, I'd say." And he starts uh, walking off the ship, and he says, uh, "Well, you just have one test left." And as he's going down the gangplank, he uh, turns around. And he says, "Repelling borders." He like he snaps his fingers, and somebody takes a crowbar to the giant crate. The crate opens, and you see a hideous fish-faced giant. Uh, everyone can make a knowledge nature check. Ooh. It wouldn't surprise me if Scram would have come back out on deck at this point, because as soon as that final hand got revealed, there probably would have been a lot of, like, hooting and hollering and celebration. Eyes in the air. That's, like, a reasonable spot for Scram to come out on deck to see what was going on. Yeah, he's still in trouble. Unless he wants to be a passive-aggressive little bitch and stay in there until... (laughs) Write his diary about it. Until (laughs) Devoth says to come out. So, uh, it's this, like, giant, overweight... Like fish lipped hey. giant. What? Stop saying shit about me. <laughs> Devoth and Cheryl recognize this as a marsh giant. Oh, a marsh oh. giant. That sounds uh, cool. Uh, so you can each ask me one question about this thing. Wait, do I, do I roll minute. or no, dude? Do? I don't know, Tom. Where are you? <laughs> If, no, if no, I was no. prepared to abandon the question altogether, but if you want to know, yeah, roll, roll know. your damn knowledge nature then. All right, <laughs> uh, that's a twenty-five. Okay, you also know, and Tom can ask two questions. Nice. So, who wants to go first? Make Tom go first. <laughs> so he asks the best questions. What are these things' weakness? Oh, at a boy. That's a good question. Uh, they don't have any. Classic. What? Oh, like they can't be critted. No, like well, it, no, it doesn't have like, like a weakness to fire uh, okay. or a weakness gotcha. to acid or gotcha. something like that. Yeah. It's always worth asking, though. Yep. Actually, that's something that might be nice. Does it have like a healing ability? I need buffs. It healing buffs. ability. Is that your question? I mean, I was kind of suggesting it for Tom. Yeah, that'll be my question. Does it have any innate healing? No. Okay. Scram. Question number two. Does this thing have a resistance? No. Cheryl, yeah. stop looking up what a marsh giant is. <laughs> I was actually looking up if giants bane. If I is that a thing? Yeah. It is a thing? Yeah. yeah. Alright, that's all I need to know. I look look at him, look at my book, and just sort of... Flip through the pages? <laughs> Find the one about crushing giants? Yeah, there it is. Oh! oh right aim, there. aim for the head, got it. Okay. So, everybody roll initiative. Scram. Eight. Devoth. Sixteen. Cheryl. Nineteen. Ooh. Tuck Tuck. Uh, nine. Hood. Slow down, Tuck Tuck. I got an eight. Two new guys really uh, showing our worth. Yeah, well, ha- we're g- our characters are going to have a talk later, I think. Yeah, I'll put you at jeopardy. You're better off getting rid of me. So, Sadak uh, spreads his arm. He says, Fish Pork here is a favorite in the arena here in Port Peril. Why don't you uh, show me what you can make of him? And he'll try to make something of you. Devoth just kind of gets a big grin on his face as he pulls out Chip. Like, I've been waiting for this one. Oh. All right, Cheryl, you're up. You said you were up in the rigging? 
Well, I was climbing down after the thing was over. Oh, okay. So it depends on how much time has been uh, passed since then. It's I've... probably been long enough that you could climb down. <laughs> okay. Or fall, whichever. <laughs> yeah, so uh, I'm going to friggin' charge this dude <laughs> with my book. Okay, so... My uh, movement's only 20 feet. I don't know yeah. if that'll get me there. It gets you to the edge of the ship. All right, cool. As a move action, if you're charging, oh. you would go... You would That would put you in attack range. Yeah. We'll say you can charge along a gangplank. Nice. So you can reach him, make an attack roll. Alright, so I swift action to bane my book, and I bane it. Giant fish, man. 22. That hits. 8 plus bane, and bane is 2d6. 2d6 plus 2. 5. So, 11, I'll take that. Opening round, first blow, charge, book, 11 damage. Okay, it's now fish pork's turn. Wow. Cheryl, make a will save. Oh. Uh, 20. Nice. He casts Bestow Curse on you, but... I block it with my book. <laughs> you pray it away. Broken attack? He rolled. He cast it defensively. Oh, okay. Oh. Okay, so that's his uh, That's his turn. Oh, he's going down. Devoth. Okay. Devoth is going to cast a new spell on himself. Ooh. What's he casting? A little thing called Haste. Ooh. I remember Haste. I don't well, I don't remember what it does, but I remember haste. It does a lot of things, right? Yep, it's one creature per level, no two of which can be more than 30 feet apart, so everyone. So we all all four of us, five of us, we get uh, an extra 30 feet of movement speed up to double your your baseline speed. So Cheryl and myself only get 20 feet because mm-hmm. of armor. But we also get a plus one dodge bonus on our AC, a plus one bonus to attack rolls, Plus one bonus on reflex saves. And during a full round attack, you get an extra attack. And then as my move action, I'm going to start my rage. Nice. Rage on. I accept. I accept. Tuck, Tuck. All right. Tuck, Tuck's going to drop his mask down. And he's going to cast a spell. Okay. We're going to need a DC 19 reflex save from Fishman. 16. All right. That's what I like to hear. Because, uh... <laughs> I step out and spread my hands. So he takes six bludgeoning damage. Okay. Um, but also a giant burst of air hurls him upwards equal to uh, five times my caster level in feet. So seven times, times five. 35 feet up. Yep. Okay. What? So yeah, I'm going to launch him 35 feet in the air and deal 2d6 bludgeoning damage. Straight up? Oh like God. vertically in the air? Yeah, just straight up okay. in the air. Perfect. I can still shoot that. <laughs> oh my god well he's then gonna fall right yep yeah he'll fall on his turn, <laughs> fall on his turn. no he no, falls immediately <laughs> yeah he falls immediately oh, that uh, but good. that's that's gonna be a reflex save or another 3d6 falling damage mm-hmm. acrobatics yeah yeah all right so go ahead and do the 2d6 uh it was six total oh okay okay so he's got to do acrobatics yeah i can't wait to see him fucking olympics this off <laughs> just does like Triple front flip. Doesn't have any investment acrobatics. Weird. Uh, <laughs> you would think. Nimbly bimbly. So 35 feet, so he's going to take 3d6 falling damage. <laughs> he got Axel rolling his own d6. <laughs> his own fucking dojo. What a mistake. So he took 16 damage. <laughs> <laughs> Too shy of Max. Say hello, wave goodbye, fishman. So he just uh, completely by chance just like falls right on his face. <laughs> and he's prone. Yeah. Oh, dude. That that might be the best part of that spell. <laughs> After all that damage. Yeah. And then he's prone. And Cheryl gets to go before him. 
<laughs> oh, that's going to be tasty. <laughs> Mr. Hood. Uh, how far was that? Five, ten? You're 30 feet away. Yeah. All right. I'm going to, with a swift action, study target. I am in point blank range. And then he's prone, so he gets a plus four, even though he's a giant. Yep. think I'm still going to deadly aim. And I'm going to just do a full round attack against him. So it would be... All right, so it's a Uh, 25 to hit on the first one. Okay, so the first attack you said is a 25. That does not hit. Oh, wow. Damn. Then the next one was an 18. Does not hit. And then a 26. Wait a minute. 25 does hit. Sorry. 25 hits. So does 26. Okay, so the 25 did 18 damage. And that was actually your many shot, so you got to roll the damage again for that. So the first attack hits and does 36. Also, just so you know, I have the cluster shot feat, so whenever I do damage for purposes of DR, you combine all that damage and do it in one shot. Okay, on like a full attack action, yeah. all of your yeah. all damage you deal on all of your attacks apply once towards damage reduction. Right. Got it. So then I have one more That's damage such a good for, for the 26. Another 18. 54 damage right there. Okay. <laughs> Scram. Scram, uh, as a free action, says, I hope you're ready, Devoth. And then uh, takes a five-foot step diagonally and does a telekinetic uh, charge. <laughs> oh, I thought you were going to like lightning bolt him or something. <laughs> Time for my mutiny. <laughs> Zap! <laughs> no one puts Scram in the officer's quarters. <laughs> or the captain's quarters. Uh, telekinetic charge. Uh, tosses a willing creature 25 plus 5 for every two levels within my range, which is 25 plus five. Right, so it's up to 40 feet. Yep, so I am going to blast him actually over on the opposite side uh, to give him flank. Yeah, he could blast me right over there. That is sick. Yeah. And he gets an immediate <laughs> attack. What? Yeah, Devoth gets an immediate attack. So wait, Really? Wait, hold on. Yeah. Hold on. Yeah. D- Devoth? Is he's confronted with this giant, takes out his axe and goes, I've been waiting for this. <laughs> and then just get, immediately, like he casts haste and then immediately gets behind him to attack. He can go through targets in like a line like that? As long as he is within range, he can be uh, thrown over targets. Yeah. Uh, however, there is the fact that like it does provoke attacks of opportunity, right? But if I can shoot you over it, then it does not count, right? But he's also prone, so honestly, like if right. if it provokes, I'm not terribly worried about it, right? I'm gonna say provokes, and he's got a a gaff, which is like a like a spear with like a little hook oh. on the end. That's That's a, Scram throws him on the spear. <laughs> That's a twenty six to hit. Oh, twenty six hits. Okay, you take twenty four damage. Holy oh. shit. Yo, but how cool is yo, that? that? Yo, that D6. Yeah. And I get an attack. This is going to be a power attack. It's plus two because I'm there. Flankeronian. And he's yep. prone. So you get bonuses for that. Yep. So that's a 23 to hit. That'll hit. And it's 18 damage. Okay. Good turn. Left a little chunk of Devoth back there. Cheryl, you're up. All right. Well, when I see Devoth's freaking spring to action 
a leap like I've never seen a leap. Realizing that I'm flanking, I'm just gonna swing heavily with a book and then backhand him on the same, you know, on the same attack. Double right. attack, Bane Giant, double book hit. So this dude's just down on the ground the and you're beating him with your book? Like, that's yes, what I'm seeing? That's literally that's awesome. what's... Yes. Yeah. I'm on an Inquisition, dude. I have to know. How bad can I beat this dude with my fucking book? 28. I'm sorry. 30. <laughs> Whoa. I get plus two from flanking, and then I get more stuff? His nope. AC goes His, down yeah. by four. Oh, okay. So 19 is what I get, what I'm bringing to the table. That'll Indeed. hit. All right. So base damage is going to be 22, and then I get bane damage. Your base damage with the book is 22? That's for both hits. It's for oh. both. Yeah, for both hits. Sorry, he's, he's, doing them, he's doing them both together. Yeah, sorry. So now it's another 4d6. That's big, too. That was 19. So 41. Wow. Oh, oh God. <laughs> you obliterate yes! fish pork Nine. with your book. Yes. Oh, my goodness. It's never felt that good to kill someone with oh. a book. I'm also guessing the manner in which we defeated this dude probably made a bit of a spectacle. Yeah, talk about building awesome. some yeah, lore. As I, as I noticed that Cheryl has completely obliterated this guy's face, I will then hit myself with a cure moderate wounds. Nice. And heal myself for 14. So, Sadat kind of looks down at Fishpork's corpse with disappointment. He looks up at you guys. And he turns around. And he faces the, the crowd. And he says, it looks like they passed. And the crowd erupts in cheers. Oh. Everyone's like, yeah, woohoo! Way to go, guys! Mascador! <laughs> nice. And he says, and I, Sadak Goldtooth, have appraised the Mascador crew and found that they just barely meet the requirements <laughs> to become free captains. daggers at this guy's Everyone's back. like, yeah, just barely did it. Woo! <laughs> the giant's just laying there like, we yeah, have. just barely. <laughs> I'm barely dead. We just barely <laughs> mutilated you. <laughs> and he like, he like holds his hands up for a hush. Now that you guys have passed, he's just, like, totally, like, changing gears. He's, like, because he knows he can't, like, insult you guys anymore. So he's just, like, he's, like, I'm so proud of these guys. Like, I knew they could do it the whole time. Uh, and he's, like, therefore, this evening, I am inviting them to a feast in Kurdak Bonefist's dining hall, where he will present them with their own letter of mark. Everyone's, like, woo, letter of mark, yeah. yeah Cheryl's, like, fuck it. <laughs> yeah, also tuck tuck down on that beast thing. That said, it is the morning when this test took place, so you guys have pretty much all day to do whatever you want. Yeah, I'm gonna see how much food I can eat at this fucking this dude's place. <laughs> you do some fasting. <laughs> yeah, we should practice on some grapes. <laughs> yeah, Stretch you literally go around. We'll be bragging to everyone I know. Grapes, and everyone I talk to. So Sadak turns around. He uh, walks back up to Devoth. He holds out a. A pale green hand to be shaken. Devoth shakes it. <laughs> he says, hey, no hard feelings, huh, Captain? He winks at you. Whatever you say, Goldtooth. He says, yeah. Yeah, it is. He says, well, I'll see you tonight then. You can uh, you can catch a ferry to lose your hold since your ship is still grounded. We'll see you this evening. Indeed we shall. And he tips his hat and disappears into the crowd. Yeah, Devoth's buying drinks. 
All right. Woo! I'm drinking. I already started. Like, he's buying drinks for like the whole crew. Scrim is I'm actually going to build a uh, start on the belt. <laughs> the hood's belt. <laughs> Cheryl will uh, participate in the drinking, but like on the light side, because he doesn't want to get full up. That's true. <laughs> You're full up on bread, yeah. pretty much. <laughs> yeah. We'll get you a nice sherry or something. You can sip it. As long as it's not a barrel for the barrel. <laughs> okay, so every, so it sounds like everybody but Scram is going in for some drinking? Yep. Yeah, sure. Let's go to the Formidably Made. Let's not. We're going to go to the Mermaid's Bucket. <laughs> yeah. Mermaid's Bucket. They provide rum to the whole city. Too bad they're like the Bud Light of <laughs> rum. <laughs> mm. Bud Light for everyone. <laughs> Drink a lot of Bud Light. Free Bud Light. Nothing yeah, wrong with that. Never say no. <laughs> So we spend a good bit drinking at the Mermaid's Bucket. Mm-hmm. And Devoth's going to throw himself another heel. There we go. Filled up. Why don't you subtract uh, 40 gold? Sounds good. Scram. You're in your uh, little workshop, and uh, you're working on your belt. And you're, like, like you know, really engrossed in it, probably. Just kind of, like, really focused on it. And you notice there's, like, a... And you, like... You like stop working. You're like, how long is like how long has that sound been going on? Because like, like when you first notice it, like it's clearly not the first tap, and then it stops. That happens a couple times. I guess I wander towards the sound or where I believe it's coming from. Okay, just come from the other side of the room. You wander over and you don't see or hear anything unusual. Detect magic. Make a spellcraft check. That's a uh, thirty-one. There's no magical auras in the room, at least none that are out of place that would otherwise belong to, like, a magic item here or there uh, that you're aware of. Uh, But there's, like, a lingering, like, almost like a scent. There's a spell or some sort of magical source. You happen to be, like, right where it was since you traveled over to that sound. Mm. That's pretty much all you can perceive. Like, something magical did happen... Or was present right here. Like a fart, like a lingering magic. (laughs) That's actually not too terrible a comparison. Like, you can just, like, just like a whiff of, like, (laughs) some recent magic. It was a very mundane sound, though. Like, it literally just sounded like someone's, like, fingernail on a table. Can I do a quick uh, perception to see if anything's missing or if anything looks uh, astray? Sure. That's a 10. Nothing looks out of place. Make a mental note of it, but I can't think of anything to do with it right now. I mean, is there any possible way that Detect Magic is going to be able to get exactly what the aura is or what the... No, like, if the aura is not in the area, then you can't really identify it further. There is something to lingering magical auras, and this one wasn't, like, mechanically lingering, so to speak, but... You rolled so high on your spellcraft check that you just kind of like got that sixth sense. Uh, caught at the last second, possibly. Yeah. Okay. Like almost like you like saw something out of the corner of your eye, but it was the detect magic equivalent. Mm-hmm. You can detect magic a couple more times and you don't really sense anything. Okay. Um, Whatever it was, it seemed like it's gone. I mean, at that point, the only thing Scram can think of to do is to uh, kind of keep at his post still working but like keeping an actual ear like every like minute or so he like does like a pops quick, his like, head up and looks ear, around and... ear check yeah <laughs> okay it doesn't happen again 
Okay. So it happened once, and you were like, hmm? And it stopped. Hmm. And you went back to work. It happened again. You actually investigated. Kind of tasting some some magic left in the air. That was pretty much it. Then it doesn't happen again. Then we go back to Party Central. And then I said to the giant, But bitch! Then <laughs> <laughs> <And> it died. <laughs> oh! <laughs> Devoth was there. Oh, man. Him flying in. <laughs> Anybody doing anything else besides partying and... I'm examining the... Crafting? The kill weapon. Examining the book? I've never... I'm amazed that a book can inflict so much devastation. <laughs> I'm, like, showing him, like, a total, like, frat boy. Like, yeah, dude, I got, like, stuff written in here. Like, it's totally sweet. I am pretty impressed by this Cheryl fellow. This Cheryl sipping on Sherry fellow. Yeah, and I give you your props, too. Be like, yo... Don't think it was just me out there. I saw what you did. I show off that my bow a little tight. bit. Yeah, let me take a look at that. Who's looking at each other's kill weapons? Yeah, can we, can we trade weapons? <laughs> can I just like kind of look through your book? Yeah. Nice. I, I look the book over. It's just like filled with spells, so I don't think... I I feel like that'd just be like... There's a couple of pages. I, I assume it's like a, like an, a tomb, right? So it's ornate and has like... Yeah, it's like a big tome, yeah. 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 I, th- I think the book's supposed to be, like, the holy book of your deity, along with being a spell book. So I imagine, like, the first, like, 50 pages or so are all, like, prayers to Pharasma and different rituals and stuff. And then it yeah. just starts reading gibberish as you get to his spells. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you got it's like the notes section at the back of yeah. like, the books. <laughs> like, it might even be, like, the divine equivalent of, like, a magical scroll. Could include, like... A prayer. Yeah. Mm. yeah so true. it could be, like, just a lot of that intermingling... Mm-hmm. Every once in a while, he's like, "Oh, I understand these words, and they're more. It's more about Farazan, but it's like in between right. these two paragraphs of just gibberish." Right. Yeah. All right. So, uh, sun's getting pretty low. While you guys are having your fun at the mermaid's bucket, uh, Devoth, a you feel a strong arm come around your uh, come around your shoulder. You look over, and it's a human man. Uh, you don't recognize him. He, like, hugs on you, and he's like, Captain Devoth, that was a sight to behold. And he, like, holds out his free hair, and he says, Harvel Spew, at your service. Knowledge, local? Sure. Um, 14, I'll take the 10 on it. All right. Uh, you've heard of him. He's a free captain. Okay. That's about all you know about him, though. Okay. Nice to, <laughs> me- nice to meet you, Captain Spew. You're in the club now, so. <laughs> captain. Yeah. Captain. He, uh, when you shake his hand, he kind of, like, pulls you in a little closer, and he, like, like, right in your ear, and he's, like, under the din of the bar, because it's so loud, but it's still, like, the equivalent of whispering, He's but he's, kind, he's like, still kind of shouting. Right. And he's, like, uh, he's, like, listen, I just want you to know that we're not all, like, that gold tooth fellow. He is not as popular around Port Peril as he likes to think. He's a bit jealous of our man-sized cock and balls, if you know what I mean. <laughs> I do. <laughs> I just want you to know, uh, right satisfying to see, uh... To see you pass all his tests with flying colors there. I just want you to know, after you get your letter of mark, if you ever need a, a drinking buddy or a, fr- a friend in combat, you can call on old Harvel's spew. I appreciate that, Captain. It's good to know I'm not uh, entirely by myself out here. Oh, uh, you'll you'll find all sorts of cliques in the shackles with the free captains. It's a lot more politics than an outsider might come to assume. But you'll do all right. Yeah. Everything is politics at some level, huh? 
Aye, aye, that's the, that's the folly of it. To go back to the good old days when a pirate could be a pirate and they didn't need to worry about answering to some king who's also a pirate. (laughs) What a crazy world we live in. How does this even work? (laughs) Sounds like blasphemy. Who said that? Alright, yeah, I'll, yeah, thank him for the, the offer and buy him a drink. Okay. He kind of, like, joins the revelry from there, but eventually just kind of, like, sees himself out. Yeah. So, yeah, now it's, uh, now it's evening. Okay. So, at this point, I will gather up the officers and Cheryl and the Hood and Tuck Tuck, since they were all three very instrumental in passing the test today. So, mm-hmm. I feel like they deserve to come along. I haven't eaten anything all day. <laughs> yeah, right. That I'm, I, all I've had is liquid. I'm ready. Yep. <laughs> you guys are just blasting. <laughs> Pretty much. We partied hard. Just falling off the ferry on your way to lose your hold. We're still drinking on the kill. ferry on the way over. <laughs> drinking. I, the DD. I think I'm going to try and out-eat the barrel. Ooh. Like, I think I'm going to try and goad him into throwing down on this eating. I think Tuck Tuck's pretty in the bag from yeah. celebrating. Food eating contest? I'll, down, I'll watch on that. As soon as Devoth uh, comes into, uh, you know, the officer's quarter to fetch her, he'll say, like, Devoth, I don't, I can't exactly explain it, but uh, I caught a quick sense of uh, some magic going on here, but it was kind of like an off-the-corner-of-the-eye situation. I couldn't quite pinpoint it. I think we should uh, keep somebody here. It was very clearly magic, but I can't figure it out. All right, well, definitely keep an eye out for more, but you did good noticing that, I'm sure. And Devoth will definitely keep some of the crew he'll pull out of the uh, out of the bar, too, to leave on the ship to keep watch while we go and have the feast. Okay. All right, so uh, you catch a ferry to lose your hold. Before we do that, we were on the boat. We have access to, like, our stuff. Yeah. I'm just gonna like make sure my armor is not on me, and I'm like prepared to party loosen side, my party mode. Yeah, I'm like you're you're not in battle mode. Yeah, I'm also like making sure I have like like bags in case there's you know he's you know, bringing t- you're bringing your own doggy bags. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> like I'm gonna walk out of that place with a bunch of food. Like, it cannot be understated. Man. Might as well just bring the bag of holding, just I, shovel the whole thing with the food in there. Holy shit! If that's available to me, I absolutely am. Otherwise, I'm just taking like whatever I can. Yeah, it's what's, not available. What's to this you? egg okay. doing here? I need to make room. <laughs> Some grease falls on the egg. <laughs> Tuck Tuck would see you bringing bags for leftovers and fall in love with you. Yeah, <laughs> dude, we're yeah, you're we're a bonding smart all man. Day. <laughs> I would probably spend some time complimenting you on that before reissuing my challenge about eating you. Oh yeah, dude, we're we're in. So you dock at the single pier extending from the island's southern shore. Beyond the pier stand several warehouses and outbuildings with presses for olive oil. To the east, small dormitories provide housing for artisans working at the fort during the day. A road of packed earth and palm logs leads from the outbuildings to the fort along a rocky beach, passing groves of citrus fruits, figs, and olives, joining a steep cobblestone ramp that climbs the northern sea cliffs to Fort Hazard's main gate. Fort Hazard stands atop the sea cliffs, no less than seven towers, the tallest of which is the lighthouse, rise from its high stone walls, topped with ballistae, catapults, and cannons. So you get up there, and then you enter. The inside of the fort is a sprawling edifice with countless rooms and chambers, 
full of both guards and servants. The revelry is already in full swing. You're able to easily find the main hall, following the swath of drunkards, music, and aroma of mead and roast meat. <laughs> the Hurricane King, Kurdak Bonefist, presides over the revelry from his gold-chased teakwood throne. Bonefist looks more pirate than king, foregoing his crown and royal regalia for the long coat and tricorn hat of a sea captain. His most notable feature, besides appearing to be the most drunk of the party guests, hmm. is his skeletal right hand. Hanging on the Hurricane King's arm, sitting on the arm of his teakwood throne, is a beautiful woman with long black hair and skin of light earthy tones. She sees you enter and leans in to whisper in the Hurricane King's ear. He chuckles in response. Next to the Hurricane King's throne is a young man with long sandy blonde hair pulled back in a ponytail. The music you had followed to the main hall issues from the fife he plays as he dances in place to his own tune. The hall is filled with pirates, many dancing to the music, many feasting on the impressive selection of food, and many others enjoying the merriment with laughter, arm wrestling, and loud boisterous cheers. Sitting alone at a table, against the far wall, is a dark-skinned bald woman. Strung on her back is a long, two-handed firearm, similar to what you would recognize as Manny's, but it looks far more advanced. Despite the considerable distractions in the hall, this woman is sitting quietly, scribbling away in a large book. Even as you watch, a short, four-foot-tall humanoid creature with the fur and face of a baboon and a bandana fastened to its head leaps out of the crowd and onto the woman's table, kicking the candlestick through the air with a jubilant screech. The woman's only response is to lean to the side, avoiding the rogue candlestick as it careens past her ear. After a few moments of standing at the hall's entrance, a servant scurries over to you and asks what you would like to drink. I am ready to eat and drink and eat and, and okay. steal food and eat. <laughs> And get letters or something. <laughs> something. Yeah. Something about letters. I don't really care. I think we get some stationery, but I'm gonna eat. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody else, what's your game plan? Yeah, I'm with him. We're beelining it. We're not. <laughs> even, I want to. Not even waiting. To share. I mean, the letters cool, but I think by now everyone realizes we're here for the eating contest. <laughs> <laughs> Cheryl, tuck tuck in the hood, just beeline for the dinner table and just start shoveling food into their mouths. Yeah, <laughs> the bitch is like, what do you guys I, want I'm, to drink? <laughs> Push her to the side. <laughs> Chicken is what we want to drink. Get out of my way. <laughs> Scram is fascinated with a hand of bone mm -hmm. and actually like tries to make his way over to like their table. So Scram says, fuck that eating contest. And he just starts making his way right for the Hurricane King's throne. Oh my yeah. god. That's where Devoth would go as well and probably take Lemon with him. Okay. Figure first things first, we should present ourselves to the host. Okay. You approach him. Uh, do I know what like any sort of like proper protocol would be? Should I like bow or kneel or something before him or anything like that? Kiss his hand. Not really. We're pirates. Okay. Do you do you, do you mind if I do a quick detect magic? I, I really want to see all this stuff. I'll like smack screen outside the head. <laughs> no. Bad scram. And I'll just, like, tip my cap to uh, the Hurricane King, like, Your Majesty Captain, sir? He uh, He's not looking at you. He he doesn't seem to have noticed you yet, and he's just kind of, like, blearily looking around the room. Every once in a while, he just, like, turns, and he, like, says something quietly to the, the woman hanging on his hanging on his arm. And she, uh, she sees you, and she kind of, like, after he doesn't say anything, and Devoth is just kind of, like, standing there, like, um, now what? She gives you a grin, and she, like... Without breaking eye contact with Devoth, turns her head and whispers in the Hurricane King's ear again. 
he kind of like snaps his head forward and he sees you and scram for the first time and lemon as if he's like perfectly on cue he like stands up and he says welcome to the hall of the hurricane king i am kurdak bonefist your hurricane king <laughs> scram sta- like is in complete awe like what is up with this hand <laughs> he says please eat my food drink my wine be merry and enjoy yourself. Already there. Those guys had the right idea. <laughs> Did I invite them? Who are they? You just hear us they're raging. My, they're on my crew. So they are. And you are? Captain de Cleaver. Captain. Ah, yes, yes. Nice to see you again, Captain de Cleaver. The, the woman whispers in his ear again. He's, huh? Ah, yes. Uh, well, congratulations on passing your test, Captain. Devoth is very much confused, but is like <laughs> trying to just kind of like nod and smile, like, "Yes, thank you," and I look forward to joining the ranks of the free captains. Can <laughs> do a quick perception check to see if our table's there? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, go for it. That and Natty one. You've only got eyes for that skeleton Eight. hand, yet. yeah? No, no, I like it. So he kind of like waves you. Uh, waves you three away and he sits back down and he like zones out again you get the feeling that like this might just be like default for him and he just does his best to seem like he knows what he's doing like i'm imagining like a, a rock star after being a rock star for like yeah, 10 yeah years yeah. it's just like he just does his thing yeah <laughs> yeah actually uh anyone wants you can make a knowledge history check nope too busy oh yeah 22 that's going to be probably better than anything I could pull off. Nine. Scram, you are aware that the Hurricane King, he's been the Hurricane King for about 40 years. Oh, which shit. is the longest any Hurricane King has ruled. The man in front of you looks like he's about 30. Oh my god. Well, so that bitch is a witch. What? That bitch that's hanging on his arm. Oh. She's uh Yeah, can I do a knowledge on her? Twenty one. <laughs> Scram, you recognize her as Hyapatia. Uh she's the Hurricane King's consort. So Scram kinda turns to Devoth like real quick before before attention is completely lo- uh, at least from her specifically. Mm-hmm. And I, I start listing off stats, like pointing direct making it very like pointed that like I know You're talking about her. And- yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm talking about her. I'm talking about him. Uh, yeah, so, like, I'm just, uh, like, bolstering as much as possible, like, his ego or, like, her ego. Okay. And You're just, to- like, geeking out right yeah, now? Yeah, flat- uh, flattering. Trying to get the in, like, see if I can actually do a detect magic to see if I can figure out what this shit is. <laughs> okay. She, when, when she sees you, uh, when she sees you bugging out, she kind of, like lifts her head back and like ha, ha, like does like a little like laugh but then she like just goes back to like just kind of like caressing the hurricane king and like just doing consort stuff but yeah it looks like your time to interact uh with either of them is is past unless you push it now we'll go and enjoy some of the food okay so uh uh let's get let's get uh let's do a constitution check for hood cheryl and tuck tuck We'll see who wins this eating contest next week. Oh, oh no! See ya. This is the most see important. See ya. Hit me. <laughs>